0: Do you spend every minute you can outdoors? Do you love adventure? Does time among the trees and dirt and sky recharge your batteries? Or are
1: you feeling a little sluggish and penned up? And do you sort of wish you spent more time outside?
0: Hmm. Our guest, Amanda Foster, is a second generation Prescottonian who has worked in the outdoor industry for over 25 years. She's an outdoor educator and mentor and advocate who loves seeing others fall in love with wilderness, knowing that they will also want to protect our natural treasures.
1: As owner of the Hike Shack, Amanda is a pillar of the local business community, and in her free time she continues to enjoy a wide variety of outdoor activities. Hiking and trail running, bow hunting, fly fishing, river rafting, and dirt biking are just a few of her pastimes. She tells us in this episode how spending time outdoors helps her stay sane and how matching the right people to the activity makes it more fun and more
0: sustainable. Amanda shares the smart way to get started outdoors for those of us who are indoor cats like me and some really important do's and don'ts for everyone.
1: If you are interested in how human well being, the natural
0: world, and community intersect, you'll love this talk with Amanda Foster. Welcome to the Prescott Woman podcast. This is an audio supplement of Prescott Woman magazine, and we're your hosts, Kelly Roberge and Charles Matthews. All right, let's get Get local. local. Hello and welcome to the Prescott Woman podcast. We are here with Amanda Foster from The Hike Shack. I'm your host, Kelly Roberge, and my co-host is here.
1: I'm Charles Matthews. Welcome everybody. Thanks for listening. It's a, it's a slightly stressful recording today. There've been some lightning strikes and we're all a little we're all a little on edge. So maybe you're maybe you're going to hear that or maybe by the time this podcast is released there will have been a, a cleansing rainstorm.
0: Oh, I hope nice. so.
1: Yeah. This is the the tricky part of the beginning of the monsoon season. Yeah, and you were explaining you've actually got your husband is down fighting a fire down outside of Superior and Globe right yeah, now. Yeah, he's so.
2: been there for a few weeks now.
1: Oh, you, don't, you, don't, you don't expect yeah. to see him until October.
2: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> During fire season, he's a very busy man.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, but the, our, kind of our first question is, what What should we be doing right now instead of sitting in a podcast studio? Should we be paddle boarding,
2: hiking? I went paddling yesterday and it was gorgeous, even though it was over 100 degrees. We waited until like four thirty, and we paddled on the west side of Lynx Lake in the shade, and just hung out. And the water was a perfect, beautiful temperature, and got some exercise, some deep breaths. It was great. Oh, sounds Mm.
0: wonderful. It does sound wonderful. Sounds wonderful. So, what is your earliest memory about being active outdoors? Have
2: you always been an outdoorsy girl? I have always been outside. I, as a child, I would much rather be outside than in the house. I mean, we were climbing trees and building forts and, you know, running back and forth between the neighbor's houses down the dirt road. And, you know, we all had, you know, BMX bikes and we were building ramps and riding ATCs to the neighborhood, you know, just, I was always outside. I was also raised hunting. Um, so that was a big for part of our family adventures as you know, family camp outs. We didn't go to Disneyland. We went to Camp Wood and set up camp and hung out there for a week.
1: So this is this has just been part of who you are from from a long time. And and then you wrapped it into a career in in outdoor retailing.
0: And
2: yeah, yep. yeah, I think my first time doing room to room in the Grand Canyon, I think I was like 10.
0: That puts it in perspective for some people. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. So this is going to be an interesting uh, interview for Kelly, given that.
0: Yeah, I'm an indoor cat. So yeah, it's
2: good to get outside. We need fresh air.
0: Absolutely. We need dirt. Yeah, I do go out and dig in the yard. That is that is
1: that's an
2: outside activity. Yeah, I like it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you kind of alluded to it in the Prescott Woman magazine cover article, cover feature about, you know, how important it is to be outside. And, you know, what are some of the what are some of the most important benefits for you for being outdoors?
2: For me, I, it's a stress reliever. That's how I deal with stress is exercise, outdoor activity, going out, getting lost in the woods, Breathing, touching the trees, smelling the trees. I'm a huge tree person. Like I'm constantly taking pictures of random trees and sending them to my whole family. And Are they random or are they particularly beautiful? Particularly amazing. I, there are some massive old growth junipers behind my house that like, I literally have sent pins to the forest service and I'm like, I know you're doing control burns in this area. These are where my trees are. You <laughs> have just, special relationship with those I, trees. I do. I do. Yeah, I have a, a juniper up there that I actually call Junie. She is almost as big as the grandfather juniper that the hotshot saved, and I I go up and check on her regularly. Mm. I'm afraid I'm going to start have to hauling her water. It's so scary.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've got a you've got a relationship with her.
2: I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. So
0: for the other indoor cats who are listening, how do you tell a female tree from a male tree?
2: Um, So the berries, actually. And actually, there is a great hike over by Acker Park. And there are pieces of information on nature, on plaques, all over the hikes. So it was one of my favorite places to take my nieces and my nephews because I'd make them read all the plaques and tell me what they learned at the end of the hike.
1: So you, are you the cool ant or are you the, the, the <laughs> like, make me read things aunt?
2: Schoolmarm aunt. <laughs> I am the aunt that um, drags everyone outside, whether they like it or not, but I, they all love it. They, yeah. I enjoy outdoor adventures with my nieces and nephews, and we all have particular things we like to do outdoors together. Mm-hmm. So my nephew and I, we hunt together. My uh, niece, Jaylee, she's my hiking buddy. Like She will hike anywhere with me and paddle. Mm-hmm. And then my two little nieces, um, Callie and Kendall, they're the ones that are on um, the Prescott Woman, uh, one of the big pitchers. They are my motorcycle buddies.
1: That's great. And we'll talk more about the motorcycling in a little bit because that's something that you came to relatively recently.
2: Yes. Dirt biking is my new passion.
1: That's fantastic. So I think, you know, you are such a resource in this community, you know, as I when I moved back to Prescott and I started doing my own personal outdoor experiences. And then I, when I was working for uh, a rehab center, taking taking folks outside and working for boys to men and taking the boys outside you know, whenever I had a question about like, you know, where do we go? What do we do? What's the best place? What's, you know, what, what's, what's the right thing to do? I'd go to the hike shack or, or whichever outdoor store you were working at. (laughs) You worked in a couple and you'd be like, Amanda, you know, where should we go paddling? Amanda, where should I go hiking with this particular group? Or, you know, what's the right time to, what's the right thing to do this time of year? And you always had the answers as well as the equipment and the gear and the advice. And it's just, you're sort of uh, the
2: local outdoor Yenta
1: totally, totally. Yeah.
2: I have been in the outdoor business in Prescott for over 25 years. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I ride all of the trails I run. I, I love to play outside. So, and writing the uh, Prescott women hiking stories, I've done that for over a decade. And so that really kept me like actively seeking what's new, you know, I'll call Chris Hoskins or Jason Williams and be like, Hey, what are you working on? <laughs>
1: So Chris Hoskins is the trail coordinator for the city.
2: And then Jason Williams is the uh, National Forest trail coordinator.
1: Yeah. And I love, you know, walking around the lake and all the new trails that that Chris and his crew have put in. Oh my gosh. They
2: do such an incredible job. Yeah.
1: I'm like, I will follow Chris's white dots wherever they go. (laughs) Oh,
2: those are so fun for kids. They um, Definitely. My nieces and nephews love that. That's like a hide and go seek, like trying to find the next dot. (laughs)
1: and it's not always where i think
2: it's going to be right i know it looks like it goes one way and sure enough it's way over there (laughs) yeah
1: or there's a there's a set of dots on the trail below the dam down in the flume area no i'm sorry on the on the one that goes from the dam the overland trail uh yeah over the hill yeah Mm -hmm. the over the hill trail and there's a little side spur that goes to a view that's gorgeous and i was just like they painted the white dots to
2: show me this view that they absolutely did. The over the hill gang and Chris, they will build tray trails, not just based on, you know, where they're trying to get to, but also the view. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know how many people have actually noticed that, but especially when you do trails in reverse, like it's incredible sometimes. Like it's a totally different adventure.
0: Yeah. So they're giving us experiences, not just Absolutely. telling us which direction to go. Yeah, we're
2: so lucky. Mm-hmm. It's pretty awesome.
1: So Chris, if you're out there, we're if you're listening right now, we're definitely we're fans. We're the fans. Yep, <laughs> we're the the Chris Hoskins Stan Club here for sure. And I'm kind of curious, you know, given all of the different things that you've done, all you know, on water, on land, you know, hunting, you know, going into deep canyons, do you have a, a peak experience that just kind of stands out for you? Oh,
2: my gosh. So I, all of my journeys are, are exactly that. They're journeys. There are so many amazing parts to the entire adventure. This last trip, backpacking trip I did to Buckskin Gulch, I was able to go back again for about the fifth time and it was supposed to be a couple's trip and husbands backed out at the last minute. So like they do, I know. So, um, three of us girls decided we were going anyway and it was supposed to snow, the weather report was getting worse and worse and we're all texting each other. Like, you know, what do we do? You know, what do you think? And one of my girlfriends sent me a text and said, you know what? Let's go. And if we get up there and get to the trailhead and it's snowing, we go get a room and page and sit in a hot tub and drink margaritas. Amen. So instead we get to the trail. The weather is absolutely perfect. Uh, We hike about five miles in and set up camp for the first night and have the entire place to ourselves. It is just silent and they are so excited to be there because they've never been in the canyon before and just the stillness and the steep walls and to be able to share that experience with them was incredible. So the next morning we get up and um, one of the girls and I have a, a tradition of what we call bacon and beer in the morning occasionally which is, you know, a heavy stout beer and a couple pieces of bacon at the Raven. And I pulled out of my pack a stout beer and Aww. bacon for everyone. Well done. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. It was, it was just an incredible trip. Usually buckskin has some terrible, terrible water crossings that are frigidly cold and you can't see how deep they are. The water is black. It's gross. It was dry the entire way to the confluence. I've never seen that before. I've done this trip five times. It's never been completely dry. There was not a drop of water. There was one spring, that was it. We had such a good time in the Narrows that instead of coming out White House, which is a shorter shorter route out, we turned around and went back the way we came. So I got to do Buckskin in reverse.
1: Was that the first time? That was the first time. Oh, cool. It was awesome. That sounds like a series of peak experiences.
2: It's right, it yeah. was. It was just, a, I needed it. I I had not been able to backpack for a long time, and I wasn't sure health-wise how I was going to do, so I was very nervous going into it, and it was just an epic success. I, We got back to the truck. We, you know had a drink and, you know, shared laughs. And I got into my truck and headed down, uh, the dirt road to go home. And I cried. Mm. (laughs) It was pure joy. I mean, I just, I, it was so good for my soul. I desperately needed it and it was so uplifting and put me in such a good place mentally and physically. That sounds great. Mm. That sounds great.
0: Well, I'm guessing after a year of pandemic, so many people are craving that really deep connection with people they love. You know, people maybe they haven't been able to spend time with, to spend some time in nature with people you love. Unplugged. Unplugged is the key. You know, we had,
2: there was no computer screens, there was no cell phone service, just completely unplugged. like. And there was beer and bacon. Wonderful. And there was beer and bacon. There was, you know, a bottle of wine one night, bottle of whiskey one night. We were well prepared. We, you know, sat around and just talked and just enjoyed each other and our surroundings.
1: You know I started maybe not quite as young as you, but I started you know as a as a camper as an as a thirteen year old and I was fortunate enough to go to a camp where we everything was human powered, you know we were doing sailing, we were canoeing, we were backpacking, and got to do things like go climb mount Baker in the in the cascades awesome and for a young person it was really important for me to have something to butt my head against and to discover my capabilities uh, to butt my head against something that was completely non-judgmental like the mountain <laughs> the 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 wind didn't care who i was it didn't care if i was a cool kid didn't care if i was a dorky kid like i could find out who i was and measure myself up against something that was just completely non-judgmental
2: yes one of the things i talk about is people giving themselves small goals yeah And you you don't have to say it out loud. You don't have to write it on a piece of paper. But mentally, when you walk out that door, you know, I'm going to make it to the top of Porter Mountain today. Mm. And that's what I tell myself. Mm -hmm. And if I get halfway there, I'm just not feeling it. I can turn around and go home and try it again tomorrow. But sometimes I get to Porter and I'm like, heck, West Bruce isn't that far.
1: (laughs) So setting those goals, accomplishing kind of simple, relatively relatively distinct goals
2: is... Yeah. Small steps, small goals, and then build on those goals. And you would be surprised at what you can accomplish and achieve. So
1: not everybody, you know, Kelly's a kind of an example. She describes herself as an indoor cat. And there are plenty of folks who are moving here from, from cities, from suburbs. What do you notice that holds people back from being able to enjoy the the benefits that you talk about the stress relief the the camaraderie the the you know kind of testing and growth that can occur outside what what do you think holds people back
2: i think that this may not be holding people back but it could turn them off is mm. not being prepared or using the correct gear to have a successful journey They're going out and they're trying to hike in a running shoe or a tennis shoe that's not supportive or doesn't have good tread and they slip and fall or their feet hurt or their knees hurt. Yeah. They ran out of water and it ruins their entire journey. And so they don't go back.
0: Yeah. Right. Right.
2: Yeah. If you're miserable, why should you do it again? Exactly. So they don't even they they ruin themselves on their first Mm -hmm. experience, which it's a killer. It just Mm -hmm. it's so it makes me so sad. That's why I always tell people that I run to in the store, they're just getting started. You know, set yourself up for success. Get yourself some good hiking shoes. It does make a difference. Yeah. Get yourself some trekking poles. Four legs is better than two. Mm -hmm. I like my knees and hips working the way they are. So I use trekking poles. Yeah. Yeah carry extra water. Don't carry just enough. You never know who else you're going to run into on the trail who might need a little too. Yeah. And you would always rather have a little extra than get to the truck and be like, oh man, I am so thirsty. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, that is that is very uh, in line with my experience, especially when I was guiding in the Grand Canyon. I'd have my four or five or six clients, but then there would be other people along the trail, typically on the way out, but sometimes like all the way down in the bottom, we're like, wait a minute, what are you doing down here?
2: Exactly. I, in the middle of the night, I'm not middle of the night. It was... Long after sunset, I was riding my bike near Thumb Butte, and I ran into a husband and wife with like three children Mm. on the trail, trying to get back to the truck in the pitch black. Oh. The kids were not having fun, the Mm -mm. wife was not amused, the husband was doing his best to guide every back, and they just took them longer than they thought it would take. The kids were a little slow, and no one thought to bring a flashlight.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for folks who remember Gilligan's Island, it was a three-hour tour, right? right? You know, they didn't have all the gear, they didn't have all the equipment, they had to make everything out of coconuts. And we don't have coconuts in central Arizona, so coconuts. you're going to have to take the water with you, you're going to have to take the flashlight. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wrote down your kind of, your four recommendations that came out of the, the magazine article, you know, go with small steps, which you already talked about, start with small steps, you know, you talk about, you know, pick a trail that, you know, you know, you can do, you know, and be and kind of part four is you know, be willing to turn back, uh, or or recommendation number four is you know, course correct, um, and turn back. But number three is have a bunch of buddies,
2: mm-hmm. have your people, and Prescott is so amazing for that. I was riding my bike in a certain area and busted my chain, and I was a ways from my car. And I was with a friend and he couldn't fix it either. And so we were sitting in the shade, you know, discussing how we were going to, you know, get back, if he was going to ride, come back and get me, you know. And someone came around the corner and was like, hey, you guys okay? And I'm like, oh, I busted my chain. He's like, oh, I gotcha. Steve Reynolds jumps off his bike, fixes my chain. I was like, you're set. See ya. Love it. Middle of, I mean, just middle of nowhere. So I happen to know Steve was working at Manzanita. So the next day, I brought by some cookies for Steve. Oh, <laughs> nice! But that's Prescott for you. You know, like I can't tell you how many times I've run into lost people in you know Emanuel Pines area, and they are complete. They are totally turned around, and I've been like, no problem. I have a spare trail map.
1: <laughs> Aw. <laughs> yeah, I think that's part of you know being outdoors, right? We are each other's support. And that becomes right. clearer. It's always true. It's always true that we are each other's support, no matter where you are. But it becomes really clear in the outdoors, for sure.
2: Absolutely. And yeah. Prescott, just our outdoor community is just absolutely, tremendously amazing. I I love it. Great.
0: Well, I did want to say from reading through the article, is I just loved the part about you spending time shooting a bow and arrow with your nephew and just how you have different buddies for different outdoor activities. And that definitely had some appeal for me as, as a non outdoorsy person, you know, find the thing, the other people who like doing that thing and bonding over that activity and, and, because hanging out is my favorite, so I, I don't need much activity around <laughs> hanging out. But the idea of making it a little more challenging by doing some kind of an activity that's physical and outdoors and having all the goodness of a good hang. Right.
2: There are certain activities that I wanted to try and had to find people hmm Yeah. Um, they don't always land in your lap. They're not always right there. And for instance, dirt biking, I, my husband was into dirt biking. He got me into it and he's a guy, he rides faster. He moves, mm-hmm. you know, it's easier for him. He's been doing I, it longer. He's been doing it longer. I wanted to find a girl that I could ride with mm-hmm. that was more at my pace that took her her time with me hmm. uh, he he kind of blazes through the journey you know mm-hmm. and i'm stopping and looking and where does this trail go and where does that where's that what's that over there i'm really bad about that but it's how i enjoy my journey my first trip up to crown king like i wanted to stop and have a picnic halfway there and Heck like yeah you know break it up a little bit and just enjoy the whole experience it's beautiful um, when the
0: wildflowers are blooming yeah. and
2: and sure enough, you know, with dirt biking, a few phone calls and, you know, links around Prescott, I got connected with Monique. And she was so fun to ride with. I were so excited to ride together. It was just to find another girl who was like super excited. And, you know, it wasn't about showing off or, you know, who can climb a 510 or it was just about getting out there and doing it. it was, And that's how I enjoy most of my sports is I am not the best at anything, but I get out there and I challenge myself and I just enjoy it. I'm not a competition person. I don't race. <laughs> I'm not that, bird. that is my sister. I, I get out there and I just I just like to enjoy the ride. So what advice would you give to our listeners
0: who maybe are more like me and maybe are interested in trying some of these things but don't really know anybody who they could go get started
2: with. There are lots and lots of groups in town. A really good place to find people to connect with is Facebook. There's all kinds of, there's a dirt bike riding club. There's your mountain biking, you know, Pimba, um, all kinds of hiking clubs. There's also uh, a couple of- Pimba is
1: is Prescott Mountain Biking Association. Yes. It's a
2: massive group of people, um, Mm -hmm. tons of membership, very active in trail maintenance. I think they do like four or five group rides in a week. They do an 8 to 80, they do the guy's night ride on Thursday, they do Tootle Tuesdays, they do all oh, kinds. The Wednesday night is the girls' night ride. Like they they're really great and so welcoming. So that's a really good place to connect with people. Um there are a couple websites like um talking
1: about like Meetup or Meetup. Yeah, meetup, yeah. yeah.
2: Meetup is a good one for uh being a little bit more in- adventurous hiking. I'm not super comfortable just meeting up with random people to go backpacking with. So that one mm-hmm. I would probably be a little bit more cautious with and want to meet them for coffee maybe first. <laughs> yeah, the stakes
1: are a little higher. You want to you know, want to be on the same page as far as safety mm-hmm. and leave no trace and what kind of stout goes best with, with bacon. And yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but also I have made so many great connections and seen people make amazing connections just in my store.
0: Right. Just go hang out at the Hike Shack. There's been
2: several, you know, new climbers that, you know, came into the store, got set up. And before you know it, you know, she knows all of the people I know and is climbing with all of the people I know, (laughs) like just overnight. I'm like, it's just amazing. It's great.
0: Yeah. So your store is a hub for uh, connections around town. I I
2: would like to think that it is. Um, All of my staff members have a different specialty, we'll call it. You know, I've got... Margaret who loves, you know, long distance road riding on her bike and you know epic journeys across America. And I've got Andy who loves to trail run and then I've got my climbers. I've got I've got a little bit of everything. It's really a great team. I'm so happy with my employees right now. I've really got some amazing people helping me.
1: Prescott Woman Magazine shows its dedication to this community in all of the ways. They cover local stories, feature local businesses, honor local leadership, champion local causes, and raise money for local nonprofits. Each issue contains gorgeous photography and provides pages and pages of value, all for free. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to check out our previous episodes at prescottwomanpodcast.com.
0: This episode is an extension of the cover story in the current issue of Prescott Woman Magazine. For more on Amanda Foster and the Hike Shack, pick up the June-July issue available now. This gorgeous lifestyle and business magazine is free at locations all over town. Check the show notes or prescottwomanmagazine.com slash distribution to find the location nearest you or subscribe at prescottwomanmagazine.com to make sure you get your issue as soon as it comes out.
1: Okay, now back to our talk with Amanda Foster.
0: So, Amanda, do you also advocate for women in the outdoors? Absolutely. Is that something that you've ever gotten any guff from other
2: people about? I don't think I've ever gotten guff or attitudes about it. I've gotten surprise. Mm. And I think it turns it into more of a challenge. Okay. The outdoor industry has typically been a man's planet. When people find out the hike shack is owned by women, they are surprised. When they find out it's successfully run by women, they are sometimes even more surprised.
1: Y'all y'all are the y'all are the last men standing and you're women. They, used right. to, there I used see. to be more outdoor stores we in this town and now, to now, there's, now there's one. Yeah.
2: And it is us. And probably the the biggest hurdle I get in the outdoor activities I do is hunting. Especially when I decided I wanted to hunt with a bow. I was really worried about even buying a bow because I wasn't sure I could pull one back. Mm -hmm. But I found a store in Flagstaff that I absolutely love, Bull Basin, made a connection with the owner and went in and they were super patient with me and encouraging. And he went home and got his wife's bow and brought it in so that I could shoot it because I couldn't pull back any of the ones that were on the shelf. And he was just inspiring he made sure that I felt like I could do this yeah and then when I got drawn for elk you know I was like oh you have an elk tag yeah you know what unit you know I'm like yeah it's you know the 6a and it's archery and people would just look at me like really (laughs) yeah I have an archery yet it was the most fun hunt I've ever been on um, and I killed my first bull, you know, over a decade ago. And I did not kill one during this hunt, but I had so much fun. And I did, you know, let a couple of arrows fly and had some misses and learned a lot of lessons. I had so much fun. I hiked my hiney off everywhere. I we were hiking 12 to 15 miles a day through the middle of the woods. We were seeing elk all over the place. I ended up hunting elk in Mormon Lake. It was so fun.
1: That's great. That's a great story. And you know, you're talking about the, the surprise that you face sometimes. Does it does it give you sort of uh pleasure or joy to to disrupt people's expectations? Or does it make do, you cranky? Yes. Or? No.
2: I like surprising people. Yeah. <laughs> I when I shot my deer this year, I was it was definitely a highlight for me to actually know that I could kill something with my bow. It was a fair chase. It was I had to work really hard to do it. Hunting deer with a bow is not an easy thing.
1: That's because you have to get w- you much have closer to get than. Very
2: close, and deer are very aware of their surroundings and they usually travel in groups. So you don't just have one set of eyes on you. You've got, you know, 20 or 30 sometimes. And I looked a deer right in the eyes and. Hold my bow back and took a deep breath and made sure I was, you know, within a good distance and confidence at that range and let it fly and and had to sit and wait because you can't just run over there because if it's wounded, it'll jump up and run off. So I had to sit and wait, gave it a few minutes, walked over and I knew exactly where my arrow would be if I didn't hit it because there was a, a bank right behind it and there was my arrow. I was so bummed i walked over to pick it up and i realized it was covered in blood from tip to tip mm. i had double lunged it <gasps> i mean just straight through and he was laying 30 yards away mm. it was it was perfect uh. and and i have meat in my freezer i can't eat a lot of the meat from the grocery store the antibiotics and stuff in it really mess with my my guts and so having fresh game mate for me is really important because that's how I get a lot of my protein. And so filling the freezer myself was pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. Look at that look at that look mm-hmm. on, on Amanda's face. I wish she I wish the listeners yeah. could, could see the the smile on your face. And I don't you know, there may be some listeners out there who are vegans who feel pretty terrible about it, but
0: if you eat what you kill, Absolutely. I you know, I have a huge respect for that, that you're willing to like you said, it's really
2: hard. I I am definitely an ethical hunter. I don't hunt horns. Um I eat everything when mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I I usually process my own meat. I you know, I use every bit of it and I very much appreciate it. Yeah. Hiking for miles out in the woods, sneaking around seeing how close I can get to the, get to the game, watching, just watching them, even, you know, knowing that it's a bunch of does, just seeing their, you know, eyes when they pop up and look at me and I'm looking at them. And I love running into wildlife in the woods. I think it's such a like precious moment. I know a lot of people are afraid of running into a mountain lion in the woods and, and that's a pushback for them. You mm, know, they're, yeah. they're afraid that like, it's going to eat them. People who get to see a mountain lion in the woods are so lucky. Yeah. We were
0: just yeah. talking about that. Yeah. It yeah. is so
2: uncommon, and it does it is happening more often around here.
1: Kelly's seen one in the in the in, in the, the housing na- development in the
2: neighborhood. Yeah, but That's I've never crazy.
1: I've never seen a mountain lion in the wild. Right? And I've been outside, you know, thousands of nights mm-hmm. under the under the stars, and I've never seen a mountain lion.
2: Yeah, and they're out there. But yeah. man, if you catch a glimpse of one or a bobcat, I love mm-hmm. watching bobcat sneak around. We a bobcat in the
0: yard too. Amanda, what's your what's your
1: next adventure?
2: So I'm actually supposed to go to Park City the end of July to participate in what's called the Total Archery Challenge. Wow! So it's basically um, an archery shoot to which there's a lot of hiking involved, and you go from target to target, and they have all different kinds of targets set up in the woods. At all different ranges and all different shapes and sizes. And you just get to do these epic like courses with your bow.
0: It's like golf, but with arrows. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's a
2: lot of <laughs> hiking involved and a lot of, you know, throwing arrows, you know, into the woods at, you know, not live things. Yeah. I was um, going to say, I hope they space the the groups <laughs> oh, yeah. out well enough. It's some epic hiking. Uh, my brother and Ow! nephew did it last year <laughs> and it was some they put some miles on. So I'm actually kind of excited about oh, that, cool. too. It's, the the pictures, the views that they sent were just amazing. So they happened to have an extra ticket this year. And my nephew was like, do you want to go? Sure.
1: <laughs> Great. Great. And, you know, something you said in the in the magazine article and that a lot of people have been talking about is like how many people started going outside during COVID?
2: It's insane and awesome. It really pushed people outdoors. The trailheads are so busy. It's fun to see so many cars parked in the parking lot. It's also kind of sad Mm -hmm. because I'm so used to having so many trails to myself. Mm -hmm.
0: It's a mixed blessing, isn't Uh, it?
2: Yes. I love the fact that we have more advocates for the outdoors because every time you have a new person who enjoys the outdoors, you have another advocate for the outdoors. Mm -hmm. But even though the parking lot is full, I have still all the last year been able to ride my bike And pass maybe one or no people on a trail that I pick. Hmm.
0: There's still plenty of room for everybody out there. There's still plenty of
2: room. It is amazing to me. Even one day when that parking lot was pretty full, I did a ride and I think I passed like three people the entire time. It was awesome. There are so many trails out there. We're really not on top of each other. You can spread out. uh, There's tons of room for all kinds of users. We need to be more aware of the different users. I think that has been an issue in the past.
1: Bikers need to be aware of hikers. Hikers need to be aware of bikers. All of the above. We
2: all have a right to the trail. None of us own the trail. We need to make sure that we're being polite and courteous. And as long as we can all be polite and courteous, there's tons of room for all of us to enjoy what we want to do.
0: What is, what is the proper etiquette for, you know, there's a, there's an actual right of way system for there is, there the is. hikers and bikers and horse, uh, what do you call it? Equestrians. Equestrian. Yes.
2: The equestrian usually have the right of way, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously they're on a large animal, give them a wide uh, berth, You you know, make sure you kind of get off or away from the trail, let them know that you're behind them or in front of them.
1: Nobody likes a surprised horse. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. That's the last
2: thing I want to do. Most equestrian users I have run across have been so like, just they, they see me coming, they get off to the side, we say hello, we pass courtesies and, you know, head on out our way, enjoy your hike, enjoy your ride. When it comes to hiking, usually, you know, the mountain bikers are supposed to also yield to the hikers. Typically what I see is that the hikers will step out of the way because it is easier Mm -hmm. for them to do so. So Prescott is really good about just being courteous. Yeah,
1: I, I think folks who are new to being outdoors, yeah, we're welcoming them. Get out there, relax, mm-hmm. breathe, go with buddies. You know, you talked about again just to repeat the the four steps you talked about in the in the magazine. You know, take small steps, prep for success, get some buddies, and and uh, and course correct. Be willing to be willing to change if the weather's not great or you're in over your head or whatever. That's And I think just to back up what Amanda's saying as well, it's like, you know, find out about trail rules and find out about leave no trace rules. Oh, Mm. man,
2: leave no trace. That is such a, a big pet peeve for me. People do not realize the damage that they do by leaving things behind the wild animals that can get sick by eating your orange pills bags or yeah. bags—or
1: yeah. deer will eat them because they think there's food in them. And then at get... least your garbage, yeah. but, yeah.
2: but also not just your garbage. Yeah. I don't know who left that balloon right there. They had no pick idea it that it made it there, but I am not going to walk past it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick it up, shove it in my pack and take it out with me.
0: Right. So maybe bring some extra bags with you and...
2: Be willing to pack out a a piece of trash that somebody may have dropped. Okay. But also understand what is trash. Orange pills are trash. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people would think they are no big deal because they're going to biodegrade. And maybe they aren't going to biodegrade in our climate.
2: Right. It takes longer. But Mm -hmm. if you get up to a scenic rock... To enjoy the sunset, and there's a massive pile of orange peels sitting next to you. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. It just kind of like it ruins the whole little setting. So, you know, I I really encourage people to pack it in, pack it out. And if you see something that somebody forgot to pack out, pitch in.
1: That's great. That's great. And I hope that, you know, kind of listeners are kind of getting an idea like, you know, there's a bunch of people in this town that care about all of this mm-hmm. stuff, whether it's a rock, whether it's a tree, whether it's a, a deer, you know, whatever it is, people care about this. So just mm-hmm. because it's out in the woods doesn't mean people aren't caring about it.
2: Right. And yeah. that's the same thing with I also mentioned in my Prescott Women's story about uh, all train vehicles staying on the trail. Mm-hmm. Right. You are not allowed off the trail. You are supposed to stay on the trail and you can't make your own.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. That's yeah. cheating. No yeah. making your own trail.
2: If you're on foot, you can head cross country. But if you are on a motorized anything, you cannot just head off wherever you please.
1: So I kind of think I'm thinking about how, you know, your your tip number two, prep for success and tip number three, you know, have some buddies kind of combine to help people kind of stay out of trouble and know yeah, what's going on. It's like,
2: If
0: you go with yeah, somebody who's got, go some, experience somebody who's got some experience they can yep. clue you into what the what the culture yeah, requires.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and you can even you can even make it you know pretty formal. You know, get involved with the Prescott Mountain Bikers Association, get involved mm-hmm. with the, the with the Audubon Society, get involved with the the Over the Hill Gang building yeah. trails, volunteer with the with the Forest Service, and and not just be a user but be a contributor to yep. to our
2: natural resources. Right. I also want to encourage people to share their knowledge on the trail. Sometimes awareness is a thing and people are unaware that there is a rule or there is a guideline or there is etiquette yeah. and mm-hmm. don't get angry. Don't get mad. Don't throw things, but share your knowledge with the person who might be violating something that we thought was common knowledge.
0: Right. And that's the conversely, I was going to say, if right. someone shares with you, <laughs> <Right>. dear listener, <laughs> don't, don't get don't, defensive. Yeah. yeah just don't yeah. Get mad. Take, take the note. And, and I co- go back to where we started at the very beginning of the idea that people go out and they have a bad experience, whether it's because of their own lack of preparation and not having the right shoes and not having enough water, or if they go out and somebody's mean to them right. because they don't know, I would imagine the people who love the outdoors would really love to have more better educated Compatriots, right. in in the outdoors world. I was going to ask you, Amanda, what what kinds of things do you advocate for as being really important in the out, you know, to preserve the outdoor world for everybody?
2: Definitely be, be aware the, of the know before you go mm-hmm. is a big one. No, you know, have a good plan. Letting someone know before you go is. Frequently forgotten, yeah, um, and that can get people into trouble. I myself have more than once left the house without telling anyone. Sometimes it's because I don't know where I'm actually going. But-
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine that's true of a lot of people. They're like right. I'm just gonna go, and I'm just gonna go. You know, they or or they change plans. On, on route and they're like, oh, let's go do this. I hadn't even thought right, of it. Right. But I have
2: a really serious allergy situation and I take my EpiPens everywhere mm. I go. If I were to get out there and get stung mm-hmm. and have to use my EpiPen, they wouldn't even know where to look for me. Right. So yeah, I try to make sure done. I have um, someone who actually can track me on my phone and I always take my phone with me and he can always see where I'm at. Yeah. Which I think is a very safe thing considering I'm out there by myself. Right. I don't to do. know
0: how many people know that you can share your location through right. Google with people. And you can just pick one person yeah. and
2: that's your person. And if you don't show up at home, that mm-hmm. person can be like, that's where she is. <laughs> right. Or at least that's where she last pinged right. and I can right. get in the neighborhood. Yep. Um, I have a good friend who many years ago was out scouting and wrecked his motorcycle and they looked for him for several days. And I actually had um, his wife come and ask me if I, possi- and that's actually how I met them, if I, <laughs> if I had any ideas as to where somebody would go if they were scouting in this particular unit. And um, he did end up getting found, but he didn't really have, he didn't tell yeah. anyone any specifics on to, as to where he was going. Yeah.
1: Sure. You want to feel free. You want to feel spontaneous. You want to, you know, react to whatever's going on. You also
0: don't want to spend three days waiting for somebody to find you. I also really don't want to keep
2: search and rescue that busy. Uh, Exactly. And also, if they ever had to come find me, I'd probably have to move out of the county. Yeah, yeah, that would be embarrassing. They'd never let me live it down. No,
0: they would not.
1: (laughs) But I just want to make a plug, you know, this is, this is not really about a commercial for the Hike Shack, but I really want to just kind of reassert the plug, like this kind of know before you go, you know, get prepared. The Hike Shack is definitely one of the places there's great books there. There's it's great people there.
2: Knowledge is free. Come yeah. in and ask us questions. That's Absolutely. It. I mean, it's your favorite subject, right? <laughs> yeah, <it is>.
1: right. <laughs> and you might, you might make a friend. You probably will make a friend.
2: I have made so many friends by just, you know, having someone come in and be like, this is what I'm thinking. Like, this is where you wanna go. And a week later they come in and they're like, that was amazing, thank you.
1: Yeah, I don't wanna put Mm. too much pressure on Amanda, but she's never wrong, so. That's not (laughs) true, oh my
0: gosh, (laughs) do not (laughs) say that. And I just wanna say, as as a non-outdoorsy person, it can be very intimidating. All the gear and the, you know, people who've done all these incredible things. Every time I've gone to the Hike Shack, I've felt comfortable and welcome and you have lots of shoes, which I do like.
2: So, yeah. But yeah. Don't be afraid. I mean, you don't have to buy anything. Well, you can come, you can come and look. Come in and look and yeah, visit. And, definitely. You know, if you need a direction, come in and ask. And I'm sure one of us will point you in some direction to have some fun.
1: And where can they where can they find you? Where can they find the hike we check? We
2: are at one hundred and four North Montezuma. We're just across from the courthouse, right downtown, next to Keller Williams. Been seven days a week, and yeah, come ask us.
1: That's great, Amanda. Thank you so much for for taking time out of your adventure schedule mm-hmm. and uh, and your and your work schedule. You're a busy business owner. Thanks for uh, being on the, the
2: the podcast. Thanks for having me.
0: about you guys but Amanda is such an inspiration to me. I don't have that same urge to go camping or biking (laughs) but if I were to go outside my comfort zone I would so want to do it with her nearby. I love her willingness to try new things to just do them and learn and have the experience rather than get hung up on having to be good at something or just not do it if you can't be good. I am totally like that with creativity. And man, it just opens the door to so much joy for me. And I can tell for her too. I also really appreciate her knowledge of this area and the best practices and her stance of mentoring people in the ethics of outdoor activities. I love that be kind message and approach that will help others do a better job of taking care of our natural world. So
1: we want to encourage anybody who's new to the area or new to outdoor activity just want to repeat you know go visit the hike shack at 104 north montezuma or on the website at www.thehikeshack.com everybody there whether it's amanda or reagan or one of the other employees are just really knowledgeable and really friendly we also want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and to the prescott woman magazine so you never miss a moment of this local goodness local advice local know-how local wisdom it's all good Thank you so
0: much for listening.
1: The Prescott Woman Podcast is produced by Rocket Feather Creative.